Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here. Excited to bring another episode of the Publish Pro Profit podcast. I have a great guest for you today that I think you're really going to enjoy. Jesse Beyer is a speaker, mental health advocate, and best-selling author of the book, How to Heal. Jesse's on a, a mission to help those around her feel valid, heard, and appreciated in their mental health struggles. Named a 2020 Young Entrepreneur to Watch. I love that. I probably haven't been considered a young entrepreneur in a long time, so I'm really excited to talk to you. You've been featured in 160 different media outlets, and now, finally, the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. <laughs> Jesse, great to have you with us today. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to have you on. I know that you do you know, lots of things, as um, was said in your bio, but also outside of that as well. Maybe you know, catch us up just a little bit. What is your primary focus? Obviously, I know you wrote the book with your purpose. Maybe talk a little bit about uh, you know, your mission and how that is like integrated into your business and all of that. So my journey in this space really started when I was in high school and I was struggling with my mental health. And for a bit of context, my book is about trauma and mental health and things like that. So when I was in high school, really struggled with my mental health. I was in a relationship with someone who was also struggling with his mental health. And after that whole relationship ended and I started to heal from my mental health struggles, I went to one day of talk therapy and I was like, okay, I'm going to go get some support. And I was so uncomfortable with the whole thing that I literally, I kid you not, I ran out of the building and I never went back. Wow. And so when I was healing from my mental health struggles, I did it entirely on my own. I had no professional support. And that was hard. You know, I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. So when I was in college, and I started learning about psychology and different things like that, I learned that there were other ways to heal. There were other types of therapy, there were other options. And I was like, man, I wish I knew this right. when I was struggling. I wish I had this information. And I mean, I've always been a writer. I was one of those kids that was writing and filling up journals and things like that. And so I was like, okay, I want to take this information and put it out into the world. And that's kind of how my book came together is I took everything that I had learned about these different therapies, you know, expert interviews, published studies, my own research and experience and things like that, and put it into a book that was really accessible for trauma survivors to find a path for healing that's right for them. Mm. So that's kind of how I got started in this space and how my book came about. And now I'm honored to say I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I do a lot of work in the mental health space. And I've also started working with other entrepreneurs, specifically like healers and service providers and things like that, that want to write their own books. So it has just blossomed from there. And I'm really excited about it. Love that. Congratulations. You know, I love several things that you said. One of the things is your boldness in in like taking on that idea and challenge. And here's what I mean by that. Like I, I speak to so many people that, you know, may have 20 years in an industry and yet still feel like this sense inside, like I don't know enough or I shouldn't write a book on this subject matter or whatever. And yet here you are, you know, I mean, not a trained psychotherapist or, or psychologist, psychiatrist, but you're writing a book because you have your own personal experience because 
your personal experience wasn't great with kind of traditional methodologies and you found your way through it. So talk to me just a little bit about that. Where did that confidence to actually do that? Where do you think that really came from? It's kind of born out of frustration. And I don't generally encourage people to get pissed off about things and then go do something based on that anger. But, you know, it kind of worked for me because my eyes were open to these different types of therapies. Again, just stuff I was learning in school. And I was like, furious that I didn't have this information when I was healing because I know how much it hurt and I know how hard it was. And so I was like, I can't just sit on this. You know, I can't just keep this information to myself. I can't be selfish about this. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And it's funny, you brought up people that have all these years of experience and don't feel good enough. When I was designing my book cover for my book, actually, I sent it out to my email list, basically just, hey, you know, what do you think about these covers? Let me know your, your feedback and things like that. And my cousin who was studying for her PhD in psychology at the time she actually called me up out of the blue wow and was like hey so heard about this book tell me about it and i'm like yeah oh my gosh sharing all this information with her and then she's like yeah so i think you need to change the title because you're not a therapist and so you shouldn't be writing this book and i was like what (laughs) so it's funny that you bring that up because that's something that that happened to me i mean i had a family member come at me like that and say that and so imposter syndrome was very real all of that fear was very real but i just felt so passionately about what i had to share and how it could help people that i I didn't want to keep it to myself even if i was scared yeah i love that thanks for telling that story by the way because i could see that coming a mile away (laughs) like like as soon as you started i go oh i know i know what happened there you know in, in australia they call it like the tall poppy syndrome right like nobody really you know, in America, I don't think we have that as much, but in other places, there is that sense where everybody should be chopped down to the same size. And yet there is that in human beings as, as evidenced, you know, by your own kind of, you know, family member that was like pulling you back from something that you were really driven to do on your own. So again, congratulations for doing it because even that, I mean, that was a stumbling block that you had to overcome. And I don't know, was that a challenge initially? Did you go, oh, wait a minute, I mean, maybe she's right? Or was it just like, oh, hell no. I mean, how'd you address that? Yeah, it was definitely a stumbling block. It was definitely a moment where I was like, oh man, is she right? Like, should I change this? Should I do this? But I was lucky in that I already had a lot of really good endorsements and reviews from experts in the field of psychology under my belt. So I was able to take her feedback and then be like, okay, well, look at what this professor from Harvard Med School said. Look what this author said. Look what this person said. And have, you know, their words kind of bolster me and help carry me forward. But it was, it was definitely a moment of like, oh God. Yeah. For sure. Good Good for you. And thanks for sharing that because it's good for people to hear that, right? It's like, yes, you're on the other side of it and you see all the benefits and the positivity that came from it, but that doesn't mean it was easy for you to get to the other side of it, right? There There were even like some people that were close to you that maybe weren't so positive that that is really i mean i think that happens to authors that happens to anybody that that tries to do something um, make a difference stand out you know try to help whether from great motives or not it doesn't matter in one sense what who knows what our internal motives sometimes we don't know that ourselves and yet we're so easily judged by those on the outside so i think everybody faces that so you sharing that i think is you know i'm sure somebody listening is is helped by that because they you know, you work with authors as well, as you just said, which is interesting. I, I didn't know all the details of that. I'd like to learn a little bit more. But I speak to a lot of people, especially in the in the professional spaces like attorneys, doctors, et cetera. They're so worried about what their colleagues think 
about what they wrote. And I'm like, who cares? You didn't write it for your colleagues. They're not, they're not your audience. They're not the people that you're trying to help here. And yet it is so in their head. Is that something that, that you see a lot in your industry as well? It is. It's so hard because I work with a lot of like coaches and mindset, business life coaches and things like that. And so there's this inherent, I don't have enough certifications. I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough testimonials. And that fear of, okay, am I going to put this out there? And people are going to be like, what are you doing writing a book? But what I always tell people is that you are the expert of your own story and your story told in the right way has the power to change someone else's life. That's why you got into business, whether that's, you know, life coaching, mindset coaching, whatever you have something and you have one, two, three clients whose lives you've changed. And that's enough for you to start putting a story together and start putting your work out there. So I second everything you said about thinking about your clients and your readers and helping them and writing to them and kind of letting, you know, what other people in your industry that are other experts with you may think. That's definitely a really good piece of advice you shared. Yeah. Beautiful. Love that. Okay. So let's go back to how to heal for just a second. And then we'll circle back around to the book. You know, everybody has kind of their secret sauce or their steps to success, right? And so what do you lay out in how to heal, you know, for somebody that is struggling with trauma and maybe the traditional route hasn't worked exactly? So, you know, lay out what that path at least looks like for that individual. Absolutely. So the book is kind of split up into three sections that go somewhat sequentially. So the first section is about trauma and really helping people understand what it is, because it is not just something that happens in your head. It's not something you can just get over. There's a very somatic component. There's lots of relational components. Like there's so much to it. And so I really break down what trauma is. What do the diagnoses surrounding trauma actually mean? You know, taking out the the psychobabble and all the fancy words and just really putting it in plain terms so people can understand, okay, This is what I've been through. This is where I'm at. It now makes sense why I'm experiencing these types of things in my life. The middle section is the bulk of the book. And that's about the different natural and integrative therapies that I researched and that I share with my readers. So we're looking at things like equine assisted therapy, dance movement therapy, craniosacral therapy, EMDR, lots of different options that include things like movement and being outdoors and working with animals and things that can really help address that somatic component of trauma instead of just sitting and talking about it, which really addresses the mental component of trauma. And then the final section is kind of two parts, one of which is, okay, you've healed. Now what? What do you do now? Because life looks completely different than it did five, 10 years ago. So how do you handle that? And then also, how do you help someone who's struggling with their mental health? I have a lot of readers who pick up my book because their daughter or their partner or their cousin is struggling and they want to know how to help them. And so I wanted to include that information for people who are on the other side as well of trying to help someone. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what the book looks like. And for me, it's important for people to kind of go through that process of, okay, I get what I'm going through. Here's some different options for how I can heal. Let me see which one feels right to me and then go explore that. And then great. How do I move through this? And then how do I help people who are in the same boat that I was? Love it. Great. What an awesome, like simple flow, but you know, people can in some ways pick up where they, it sounds like they can kind of pick up where, you know, they, they feel the most need or they could go through it in a very kind of linear way. I manage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like a novel or a memoir yeah. where you have to go chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, but 
I encourage people to, you know, choose what they're interested in. If they're really interested in animals, then read through the chapters about canine assisted therapy and equine assisted therapy. But it's all about finding that path to healing that's right for them. And if they want to read the book in a complete out of order, that's totally fine. But that's my goal with why I wrote it. Awesome. One more thing about the order or structure of the book. You know, a lot of people oftentimes will want to write their story first and then fit in the lessons that they learned, et cetera, through their story. It doesn't sound like you did that. It sounds like you wrote based on, you know, where people are at and based on need, which I really love. Talk me through, like, how does your story fit in and integrate into the book itself? Yeah, so that's a really good point that you bring up. Chapter one is my story of trauma. And I wanted to start the book that way and have it in kind of a condensed form to build that relationship with my readers. Something that I talk about with a lot of my clients and students is kind of the doctor in a white lab coat syndrome, where if you are the expert and you have your badge and your PhD, it can be hard for your readers to relate to you because they don't see themselves in your story. So I wanted to open the book and be like, hey, here is every single broken part of me. Here's everything I've been through. I've been in your shoes. I've gotten out of it. Now it's time for you to do the same thing. So I kind of dumped my story right up front for people to relate to me and build a relationship with me and trust me a little bit that I that I know what I'm talking about for the rest of the book. And then as I'm talking about the different therapies and talking about, you know, the different parts of trauma, I'll insert sections of my story. You know, for example, I was talking about dance movement therapy, for example. And I was like, hey, when I went to dance movement therapy, this is what it was like. It was really uncomfortable. And this is why. And really just being open and talking about my experience with those different things. But like you were saying, the focus of my book is not my story. Because as much as my story can help people, readers don't really care about my story. They care about what my story can do for them. And so I really wanted to focus on the lessons and the knowledge and the impact that I could have on the readers and then just pop in little bits of my own story where they were relevant and could help elaborate on a point I was making. Yeah, beautiful. For those that are listening, that's a great structure. What you've laid out there is a great way for people to think about it. Obviously, if you have case studies or examples, and you can even use stories from history or sports or fill in the blank as well, but obviously you had both. You had your story that uh, I love what you did in the beginning to build that relationship. And then you integrated it throughout where there was a good fit with it. So love that. That's great for people listening as to how they can think about their story. And, you know, you're most people, at least the people that I work with and, and perhaps the people that you work with as well, you know, they're not writing an autobiography, but they don't know that. <laughs> you know, they, they just start thinking about their story and they want to tell their story. But at the same time, they don't know how the story needs to integrate in such a way to really make a difference in people's lives. And so that's a that's a great example of how that can be. So love that. So let mm-hmm. why don't we shift gears for a second? Um, I mentioned to you before, Publish Mode Profit is, is uh, you know, about obviously your expertise and, and what you've done and all of that, but it's also about like using a book to make a difference. And how has your book made a difference for your business? How has, how has your book attracted clients into your business or gotten you speaking or that kind of thing? Share, if you could, you know, a couple of things. One, any stories that you have that might be inspiring for people, but also like, you know, how do you use it on a regular basis? Like what your plan is with your book to grow your business and attract people. 
Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So not to sound dramatic, but my book changed everything for my business. It completely revolutionized how successful I was in business. So for context, I started as a speaker. Before I wrote my book, I was speaking and I was talking about mental health in as many places as I could. And so the year before I wrote my book or I published my book uh, was the first year I was speaking. And I speak on college campuses. They're easy gigs to get, in my opinion, and I relate pretty well to them because I'm somewhat closer to that age group. And so that first year, that first two semesters, I spoke about two times a semester. And in terms of rate, that ranged anywhere from like $150 for a presentation up to a few thousand dollars for a presentation. So it was all over the place. There was no consistency. I was barely making any money. And then my book came out. And the semester after my book came out, I spoke 15 times that semester. So it changed everything. And I honestly just attribute it to the fact that I could say that I was an author in my speaking pitches. That's really the only thing I did differently between that first year and that second year of speaking was I said, Hey, my name is Jesse Beyer and I'm a mental health advocate and the author of how to heal. And I had so many people be like, Oh my gosh, I checked out your book. It looks amazing. Would love to have you come speak. And I really just feel like that credibility piece changed everything in terms of getting those speaking gigs. So that's kind of the first story. And now, like I said, I'm speaking about a dozen times a semester. It's a ton of fun. I've gotten to work with campuses all across the US and Canada. Great students, great presentations, great discussions with people. I love that part of my work, honestly. And I'm excited to start traveling again now that we're getting out of COVID. Yes. Uh, But then the other thing that I'm really excited about, you mentioned how I'm using my book on a daily basis. And this is coming up at the time of the recording. Maybe once this goes live, it'll be after. But with World Mental Health Day coming up in October, I'm actually hosting an awareness event in conjunction with some first responders and athletes in the Seattle area and doing kind of a street team style event where we're out and we're talking to people and passing out notes related to mental health and really just engaging with the community and the media members. And I'm hoping to turn that into not necessarily a long-term thing, but a repeated thing in different cities with different groups of people. So I'm super excited about that. That's not as much about revenue per se, but it is definitely about impact and message spreading and and getting things out there. So those are the two stories that come to mind right away. But it it really did change everything for my business, got me way more opportunities, both paid speaking gigs, as well as publicity opportunities. And I'm excited to keep working with it as I go forward. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. As far as like what you're doing, let's talk for a second about how you're using your book and, you know, what you're doing on the streets of Seattle, etc. You mentioned that you're working with you know, athletes and perhaps influencers, et cetera. Have you used your book to connect with those various people or have you thought about, you know, ways maybe that you can use the authority your book gives you to, you know, put you at or even above some of those influencers and say, hey, you want to you want to be with me in this endeavor kind of thing? Absolutely. Again, a similar thing when I was doing outreach to these different team managers, as well as the individual athlete managers, for example, I said right up front, hey, I'm a number one bestselling author. I'm a Seattle based author. I'm a local author, however I phrased it in this specific email and really playing on that fact that, hey, I have my own credibility in this area. I'm local. I'm involved. I'm an advocate. Let's work together. And I think when you have that book and you have that level of credibility, it's a lot easier to get those types of legitimate partnerships and collaborations instead of, for example, an e-commerce brand coming to an influencer saying, hey, will you promote my product? That's totally great. I think influencer marketing is amazing. I'm not bashing that at all. But that author status is kind of a little bit different. So I lead with that in pretty much every conversation that I go into because I think it does allow people to see you 
I don't want to use the word elevated, but kind of in a more elevated way. You know, you have more credibility, you have more expertise, and people are more likely to work with you. So I've definitely been putting that at the forefront of my conversations, you know, sending out samples, giving people signed copies like, hey, you know, this is me. This is what I do. This is what I believe in. And it has resulted in some amazing conversations and relationships for sure. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, I, I didn't ask this, but and I don't often, but I do sometimes. And I think this would be a really appropriate time. So I, I asked you, how has your book you know, impacted your business and helped you to grow your authority, your expertise in the community? I'm sure that you get feedback from people on how your book has helped them. And um, in one sense, there can be no greater kind of reward than knowing that you help somebody. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, what what kind of emails do you get or what kind of, you know, people are reaching out and saying, man, if it wasn't for your book, fill in the blank. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to try not to cry during this because I often cry when I get yeah. these types of emails from people. But it's really interesting. When I was approaching the publishing process of my book and, you know, I was setting goals for numbers and bestsellers lists and things like that, I really made it a point to say, okay, my definition of success with this book is I want to change one trauma survivor's life. Mm -hmm. One. If I can change one person's life, then all of this was worth it. And I don't really care about the numbers beyond that to an extent. Of course, you care about the numbers a little bit. But one of my launch team members, before my book even came out, she got an advanced copy and she read through it. And she left me this multiple paragraphs long Facebook comment in our launch team Facebook group saying how my book changed her life and her understanding of herself and her trauma. She had more grace for herself, more appreciation, more empathy, more understanding, all of these things. And I was absolutely sobbing when I read this because I, I knew this woman personally. She was a friend of mine. And I was like, okay, I did it. Yeah. I don't care what happens yeah. at this launch now because I, I achieved my goal here. I helped one person and I'm so blessed to say that, you know, that's not the only message I've gotten like that. I've gotten reviews and DMs and emails from people saying, I feel like there's hope now. I feel like there's options. I feel like I'm actually heard and understood instead of just shoved a medication or a prescription for talk therapy or something like that. Um, and same for my speaking presentations. You know, I've gotten DMs and emails afterwards from some of these students. The one that stands out the most, of course, keeping everything anonymous, but I was at a presentation at a school in the middle of nowhere. They had no counselors on campus. And the semester before, they actually had a, su a student commit suicide in the middle of campus. Mm. And so when I was speaking with this event coordinator, she was like, please come like we need someone here to talk about it and one of the students came up to me after my presentation and she was like i never have heard someone speak so openly about mental health before i now feel like i can ask for the help that i need from the people that i need it most from mm. and it's moments like that where all the money and the numbers and yeah. everything just fades away and you're like this is why i do what i do yeah. and you're absolutely right those types of messages are the best moments as an author for sure yeah well, congratulations. I, I love what you're doing and you're super passionate about it, which obviously it means it's coming directly out of your heart. So why don't we give some links so people can get a copy of your book? Of course, they can on Amazon, but Jesse, where, you know, where do we want to send them and, and to get more information about the amazing stuff you're doing? Absolutely. So my website is jessiebuyerinternational.com. You can learn more about my book there. You can also learn more about some of the services I provide for other aspiring authors. And then if you want to connect on Instagram, I am at International. I've recently started into reels. And so if you're into really bad dancing, come hang out on Instagram. It'll be amusing for everyone. <laughs> love that. Love that. Jesse, thanks so much. Great having you on. Love your passion for what you're doing. And obviously you're making a, a huge difference in people's lives. So jessiebuyerinternational.com best place for, for people to go and get some more information. So thanks again.
Of course. Thank you for having me.